Hi everyone, welcome back to the Discovering Humanity and Health podcast. Today we have a special guest, Dr. Adina, with us today. Hi Dr. Adina, could you introduce yourself for us? Sure, my name is Dina Adimulam. I am a physician who's practicing in the New York, New Jersey area and I am currently a specialist in endocrinology as well as preventative medicine. Um, A little bit about me, I'm from New York, born and raised. I currently live in New Jersey and my voyage sort of began when I was pretty young um, in terms of volunteering and, you know, experiencing the lives of the the underserved populations, which um, sort of played a role throughout my entire life and made me decide you know, that I wanted to go into medicine. So when I was in high school, I decided to join into a BAMD program, which gave me direct access to medical school. So that was great. And I continued um, at one of the colleges in New York. It's uh, one of the CUNY colleges uh, called Queens Honors College. And basically they have a BAMD program that's an eight year program that may not actually be in existence anymore, but was one of the very competitive programs when I was applying to um, colleges. And it was great because I was able to go to school and I knew that I was gonna be a doctor and I knew that I had admission into medical school. So I joined there and then from there, I actually decided um, to take some time off. Um, I really fell in love with musical theater when I was in college. And it was something that I had really loved when I was young too, but I I never thought of it as a career for myself. So I actually ended up taking off some time. I did a year of just arts. Um, So I did musical theater. I auditioned for a Broadway show. I was really um, involved in taking classes and singing and music and um, artwork. And I really enjoyed that year because I never had that time again in my career to really um, go into the arts and, and do something sort of out of the, the realm of medicine. And it was wonderful. And then after that year, I joined at Mount Sinai School of Medicine, which is in New York City. Um, I was there for majority of medical school. And then after that, I decided that I wanted to do internal medicine and focus on primary care because I really enjoyed preventative medicine. And so I decided to join into um, a primary care residency program at Yale University. And that was wonderful. Yale University's program is one of the first primary care programs in the country. So it's really well established and just has a great curriculum and and was an awesome experience. And staying there um, just was kind of struggling to figure out, should I specialize or just continue with primary care? And ultimately I learned about endocrinology and, and was really fascinated by it. So decided to continue with the fellowship in that. So I stayed at Yale for my endocrine fellowship. And then after that, I actually came back to Sinai um, where I took on a role as a clinician educator. I was really passionate about education. I had really great mentors at Yale who really helped me to understand the importance of education and just were so inspiring that I just wanted to have the same level of inspiration for someone else. And so I work with a lot of medical students, residents, trainees from not just my own school at Sinai, but also from around the world. We have a lot of um, foreign graduates who come and rotate with us as well. And it's just been great um, as a clinician educator, um, being able to have that experience. And then I 
I'm also the associate program director of our fellowship program there. So I spend a lot of time with my fellows whom I love and I adore. And I hope that I'm able to inspire all of them in some way that I was inspired, inspired when I was a fellow. Um, and I do a little bit of research um, as well in diabetes and obesity. And I do a lot of different educational activities such as different projects and lecture series and writing up curriculums. And so it's a really nice balance um, as well as seeing patients. So it's a really nice job for me, it's something that I've always wanted to do and, and I'm really enjoying it right now. That's so great to hear. It sounds like all of your experiences have been incredibly gratifying. And that's so cool how you are so interested in music and musical theater. That's not something that um, I would ever consider for myself because I'm a terrible singer, but it's great to hear that you're super into that. Um, I to... Oh, sorry. I no, I was going to say, I do think that, you know, having that outlet is really important for anyone who's interested in pursuing a career you know, in medicine, because it's a time commitment, you know, and um, having an ability to have an outlet to de-stress and just enjoy your time for a few hours or minutes is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I heard that you mentioned that you went to a BAMD program. And as those programs start to become more appealing to high schoolers, I wanted to ask you if you had any general advice for high schoolers that want to apply to direct med programs. So I think the number one piece of advice I would say is that you should make sure you're absolutely certain that medicine is your path. And I think that that's really hard sometimes, you know, if you don't have the exposure when you're growing up or when you're in high school. So I would say that it's really important to make sure that you want to be a doctor and you're not doing it because of parents, friends, teachers, or, you know, other influencers in your life. You need to be doing it for yourself because it's a huge time commitment. And when you decide to go into a BAMD program, you're sort of limiting your experience exposure to other areas of education. So you'll be really focused on sciences. You'll be really doing things at a very fast pace, getting your credits done in a quicker pace than others. So you really don't have much opportunity to learn about, you know, musical theater, for example, or learning about economics or business. And if you're not really sure that you want to be a doctor and you want to explore you know, other alternatives. And I think going to, you know, college and staying maybe in a science program and taking classes will allow you to really explore your options and possibilities. And medicine it will always be an opportunity that's open for you. So just make sure you're able to understand that there's a huge commitment. You know, we spend majority of our lives in training um, in our younger years between 20 and, and your 30s. So it's important to know that it's exactly what you want to do. Great, that's really nice to hear. So I wanted to also ask you, how did you choose your speciality of being an internist and endocrinologist? So I think I I really knew I wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't know what kind of doctor I wanted to be until I went into medical school. So in medical school, you'll do rotations. Usually in your third year, you'll rotate through every different every different subspecialty and every different uh, area of medicine. So surgery, OBGYN, medicine, pediatrics, et cetera. 
And I think I spent a lot of the time, you know, during my medicine rotations, really enjoying what I was learning about. I found medicine so interesting because it really tied together all of what you learn during medical school. And you just get to meet so many interesting people. Um, in peds, you meet a lot of interesting people too, but it's a little bit different because you're dealing with a child who can't give you a history versus an adult who can tell you everything that you need to know. So I found it really interesting to be able to connect with adults in a different way. And I think for me, I've always really been interested in disease prevention. So I spent a lot of time when I was growing up volunteering um, not just in our community in Staten Island where I grew up, but I spent a lot of time actually in underserved areas as well. Like I would go visit family in India during the summer and I would spend time volunteering in some of the hospitals in India or some of the nearby um, areas that are underserved. And I think I just really saw the power of education um, when it came to prevention of diseases like dysentery, for example, just simple things like hand washing, what Kind of change that can make in someone's life. And I realized that that's a really powerful impact that you can make in such, um, in, in, in such a small way, just teaching someone how to wash their hands and, you know, how to boil water. All of those things can really help prevent disease and help families. And so that's when I started getting interested in prevention. And I think then I started to think about internal medicine from a preventative perspective and was thinking more of like doing primary care where I'm really focused on disease prevention. And that's why I decided to go into primary care initially. And then I thought, well, maybe this is what I wanna do you know, forever. And then I started having a lot of patients with diabetes. I mean, as you know, diabetes is so rampant in the United States. So I had a lot of patients with diabetes and I was really focusing on them. And I really felt like I was able to make a huge impact in their lives as an internist. Out of all the other things I was treating, I just kept, kept coming back to diabetes. So then I thought, you know, I have family members who have diabetes. It's so important in my life. You know, South Asians are more than three times as likely to develop diabetes. If you go to places like Chennai in India, which is in southern India, you'll find that um, more than 40, 50 percent of the population has either prediabetes or they have type 2 diabetes already. And so there's a huge impact that you can make in your community, which I really, really loved. And so then I decided, let me try, you know, a special, let me try an elective in endocrinology to see what it's like. Do I just like diabetes or would I be interested in all aspects of hormonal health and metabolism? So I did an elective um, at Yale where I was a resident and I just fell in love with endocrine. I mean, I think it's just an, an amazing specialty. It's so interesting because we learn about all these hormones and how hormones communicate with each other, how every hormone affects every different system in your body in a different way, how there's so much medicine that's involved in hormone health and feedback loops. And I thought that was just really interesting. Like you're constantly thinking and you're constantly finding connections. So I thought that was really interesting. And then, you know, I was really interested in primary care, but I also really enjoyed lifestyle medicine. So I loved cooking and I love like experimenting in the kitchen with different dishes and sort of sharing those things with my patients, you know, especially um, certain communities that don't really know how to cook necessarily. And I felt that endocrine was a really great balance because a lot of endocrinology focuses on lifestyle. 
Our hormones are greatly affected by our lifestyle, the choices that we make with food, the choices that we make in terms of stress practices, stress reduction practices rather, um, and the focus that we make on you know, food and sleep and everything else. So everything impacts hormones related to lifestyle. So I love the fact that when I talk to my patients, I'm not just talking about medications related to their underlying issue. I'm also really focusing on their lifestyle and things that they can do that don't necessarily need a medical intervention and, and can absolutely help them. So that's how I really got interested in endocrine. And I love it. I mean, every day is like a different case. You know, it's not just always diabetes and thyroid disease. Some days it's polycystic ovarian syndrome. Some days it's a pituitary tumor. Some days it's, you know, an adrenal issue. So every day is like something interesting and it just kind of keeps me on my toes. So I enjoy that. That's always super nice to see that people are super passionate about their jobs. Thank you for yeah. that. And yeah, that and I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. For all the listeners, I think it's really important to choose something that um, you enjoy enough that you feel when you go to work, it's not work. You feel like you're looking forward to each and every single day. Like when I go to work every day, I don't think of it as work. I actually enjoy what I do every day and I take pleasure in that. And I'm really lucky to be able to feel that way every day. That's really inspiring. And I know you kind of touched up upon this, but I also just wanted to ask you, have you noticed any disparities in healthcare and specifically in your fields? And I know that you said that a lot of South Asians have diabetes. So I wanted to ask you, is there anything that you've been doing to address this disparity? Or is there anything you feel that needs to be done in order to reduce this disparity? Absolutely. So as you know, diabetes is rampant in majority of the world, right? In majority of our um, communities throughout, throughout the world in places you wouldn't even expect like China, obesity and diabetes are, are getting or growing uh, and becoming more and more of an issue. Um, and the United States here, you know, we know that diabetes absolutely impacts our underserved communities, especially African-Americans. So African-Americans are more than 60% more likely than non-Hispanic whites to be diagnosed with diabetes. And they're more than two times as likely to die from type two diabetes. So, when you think about why is that happening, um, it's important to know your community. So I've spent a lot of time in these underserved communities to understand you know, what exactly is going on here? How can we help these individuals? And there's so many layers to that. It's really complicated, but I choose to focus on at least one. And I think the big one for me is education and screening. I think that for me as a, as a physician, I really am passionate for education at every level, at every age. So I really try to engage with these populations in a different way, whether it's through media, you know, utilizing magazines or television or Instagram or social media in order to share a message about what is diabetes? How do you screen? How do you diagnose? What kind of interventions exist so that it might be at least seen by some people in the population? I also try to go into the communities. So I'm often speaking at a lot of the health fairs, the community events, um, even I do some food demonstrations at some of their local um, farmers markets uh, to basically talk about the importance of diabetes screening and also how can you eat to help prevent things like diabetes. And I think in terms of you know education, 
Um, I've just really been trying to go into the communities to answer questions and to be a presence um, and an expert for people to turn to when they have a lot of questions. Um, most recently in Jersey City, we have a huge area um, of underserved um, populations where we know there's lack of food access. And so we really try to focus on those populations. So I joined this project called the Healthy Corner Store Project, which is really nice. It's really focusing on these little healthy corner stores, um, which used to be known as bodegas. And what, what we do there is we basically make that an educational hub for people. So people come there for their local groceries, but they also come and when they're there, they can get health information about diabetes, or maybe they're gonna be able to get a coupon to buy a healthy option like fruit or a vegetable that they may never have tried before. Um, we'll try to have a presence there as well with different organizations like American Diabetes Association or American Health Association, where we're actually sitting in the bodega um, doing a food demonstration or just being there to help people um, understand what is in the, the, the ingredients, what ingredients rather are in the foods that they're consuming and what's a healthy option versus not, what is diabetes and have you been screened? So we're trying to do a lot at the at the local level um, to be really hands-on with our patients and I and, and the population. And I think that's extremely important. That's so great to hear. I definitely agree with you on the education aspect. I think the first step to tackling any problem is just being aware of it. So it's really inspiring to hear you say that. And that was my last question for you. So I just wanted to say a huge thank you for taking time out of your busy day to come and talk to me and record this episode. I really appreciate it and I learned a lot from you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And that concludes this episode of Discovering Humanity and Health. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check out other episodes at www.humanityandhealth.org.